Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. All right, I've been considering the concept of pressure a lot lately, and it's probably mostly because I'm finishing up a masterclass offering on the subject and using my Q members as my test subjects. <laughs> um, funny, but also they're kind of lucky because we get to try things out in that group, so that's kind of fun. But I think what's interesting about pressure is that it's not a skill per se, but something we adapt to and something we even build up a tolerance for. Some of us need more pressure than others in order to perform at our best, while others just completely fall apart when the pressure is even a little too much. For instance, I realized during both the research and and putting this uh, course together that one of the factors in my procrastination habit is actually pressure-related. I actually need a certain amount of pressure, i.e. a deadline, to get focused and to get my work done. Of course, the problem is at my age, I've developed quite a tolerance. So I'm actively working on requiring less pressure in order to get my stuff done because you know, we don't need to do all-nighters in my middle age, let's say. But it is fascinating. It's just fascinating to me how sometimes we need pressure, you know. Um, it's just interesting. And and we actually can't be without some amount, as you're going to see. But I don't know. I think the whole topic is is really interesting. So what is it we are adapting to anyway? What is pressure? Well, of course, the original concept is borrowed from physics. And physics speaks to the part of it where a force is applied to an object. Of course, in this instance, the object the force is being applied to is us, <laughs> right? And pressure can be internal. Pressure can be something that we kind of create in ourselves, right? A pressure um, that we put on ourselves. Or pressure can be external, as in having pressure that someone else puts on us, maybe a, a significant other or something who like wants us to do really well, or maybe even an instructor. The problem with coming up with a clear def, clear cut definition anyway, is that pressure feels different to everyone and affects each of us very differently. I mean, we're talking snowflakes here, right? Each experience is just as unique. So most of us feel the pressure of a situation in our bodies, typically the head, heart, or stomach. It gives some people a headache. Um, I once got a migraine, as I'll talk about, and um, while others maybe feel sick to their stomachs, right? So it's all super, super individual, but it has a physiological impact. For handlers, we typically put pressure on ourselves to cue in any given run. We're trying to make the finals. We're trying to, you know, finish a title. We just need a double cue. Um, and so for whatever reason, we're putting more pressure on ourselves. And in that moment, 
what I'm going to argue is that we're actually focused on an outcome goal or a result. We're not focused on our process goals. We're putting pressure on ourselves to achieve a particular result. And it's not uncommon, it's not even unrealistic, to expect that a particular result from a particular performance from a ring. In other words, we put in a performance, we should expect that we get Y, right? However, we also need to put together the performance that will get us to that point. And that's where we start to like doubt creeps in, or we're not really sure we can be confident, or we're not confident about our plan, or we're not sure that we can be consistent. And so can we execute even a skill sometimes? And so it's that doubt. So like the, what happens basically is in that moment, we put pressure on ourselves to cue. We start to doubt ourselves or we start to wonder, can I pull it off basically, right? Can I perform at the height that I need to in order to get the cue? And all of a sudden we start to doubt ourselves, okay? And I'm going to argue that pressure is creeping in basically through those cracks of doubt. And in some ways, pressure is actually a trigger because we begin to feel the pressure in the moment and seemingly all of a sudden we're focused on how we feel instead of what we need to do. Meaning like physiologically, like how we start to feel in our bodies. Like, oh, I feel a lot of pressure. I'm getting a headache or, oh, my stomach doesn't feel so good right now. I'm starting to feel like there's butterflies and then there's complete like nausea, (laughs) right? So physiologically what's happening is this little silver of doubt that crept in turns into fear and our body responds appropriately. Now, let me just say something about fear right now. When I'm talking about fear, I'm not talking about oh my God, there's somebody in my closet and or I'm like deathly afraid to walk in the ring. I know nobody's really afraid to walk in the ring. There aren't really, there aren't tigers in there. No dragons are gonna get us. Um, But the fear I'm talking about is more like what your body is responding to. Because unfortunately, your body isn't super creative. (laughs) Sorry, I mean, mine isn't either. Um, But because fear encompasses a lot of experiences. Um, and physiologically, it also looks just like excitement. So we need to understand what pressure feels like in order for you, like for you as an individual, like you, and what your early warning signs are so that you can intervene. Okay, so like when are you starting to feel pressure? Because if you start to feel pressure and you don't do anything about it or don't recognize it maybe, now it starts to turn into that fear in your body. And if you haven't heard my little speech on fear, and it's not mine, I'm just parroting science, uh, but what happens is is your, your frontal cortex, the front of your brain, sees a situation and says, ooh, middle brain, do I need to worry about this? Is this a fear situation? Like, do I need to be fearful? of this. And your midbrain goes, yeah, I think you do need to be afraid. Let me send this information back to the amygdala or the lizard brain. And if lizard brain sounds familiar, it's because I just did something on it a couple episodes ago. So go back and listen for the full, the full 20 on fear. Um, but what ha- what starts to happen is, is once the amygdala gets a hold of this notion that you should be afraid, your blood flow changes in your body. You aren't, your blood flow comes even, uh, there's even a change from your brain. So you're not sending as much um, blood flow to your frontal cortex, i.e. you're not thinking as well. Um, 
Blood flow is diverted away from things like your stomach and to your big muscles so that you can fight or flight. So that's why you might feel sick to your stomach. Your heart rate increases, your breathing increases, and your body gets flooded with hormones all in an instant. Okay. So it's really important just to know that that's what's happening because the goal is we need to get back to a place where we can think so that we can perform. Okay. That's the goal. So that's why it matters what's happening in your body. And like I said, go listen to that episode. It's super helpful because the more you know, and um, then you can start to intervene. All right. So of course, there are like a million and 10 triggers for fear. All right. But we're talking about pressure. So let's like bring it back to focus. We're talking about pressure. So the difference in this trigger is like, what is your pressure trigger? And how are you developing self-awareness so that you can recognize it, that it's pressure causing this feeling and that you can be ready with some of your intervention tools that I'm going to give to you? Okay. So I need you to spend some time understanding how pressure affects you. Um, I need like both in your body and also in the ring. Like what does it do? Like when you're too low, too high, just right, like how does that manifest for yourself, all right? Because you need to have an awareness for it because we're going to talk about right now that you can turn pressure into this like sweet spot where you're actually performing better. Isn't that that exciting? <laughs> so this goes back to the whole, I mean, for me, it's like a Goldilocks problem, right? You don't want too little. You don't want too mu much. You want just right. All right. So picture this. <laughs> this is where I, I need hand gestures, but don't have them. Picture this. Okay. You've got an XY chart. Okay. The old XY. Along the vertical line is performance, where low is at the bottom and high is at the top. So your performance goes from low to high on, the, on that vertical axis. Along the horizontal axis is pressure with low again in that, in that lower left corner and high is still low but to the right, right? Because it's following a horizontal axis, okay? So performance on the vertical, pressure on the horizontal. Now imagine a bell curve, just like a perfect little bell curve in the middle. Where pressure is low, performance is also low. Right. So that's what I was saying before. If not enough pressure, you might be too relaxed, for instance. You might be not focused. You might be sort of easily distracted or sort of casual about your run. But on the other end, when of the bell curve, when pressure is too high, performance again is low. So what's in the middle? Well, the middle is that sweet spot where you find just the right amount of pressure in order to get optimal performance. And I can't tell you what that is, right? Because again, it's so individual. But you really need to kind of play with it and know when you're getting past the point of sweet spot or comfort level and it becomes almost like a tipping point, okay? Because we're not eliminating pressure. Like that's not a thing. It's it, We can't eliminate it. It's part of life. But we need to figure out what our personal just right is in order to perform consistently and reliably. And even when it's a higher quote pressure situation, maybe you are in the finals and you feel like there's more quote riding on this run or something like that, right? I will say for me, 
I have adapted to higher and higher levels of pressure in sports. And truthfully, it probably started back when I, well, I know it did. It started back when I was competing in horses, right? Um, I know for a fact that if I am too relaxed, I make a lot of mistakes. Um, actually, it's like that part, you know, when, you, when especially when you're running agility, when you par- part of the course or part of your skill in whatever sport you're playing, but where you've got, oh, that's the easy part of the course and that's where you make the mistake, right? It's because there's not enough pressure. There's not enough focus on that part. Whereas the hard parts of the course, you do really well. You've probably, you're probably nodding. You can probably remember a time where that was true. Again, if not in agility and in whatever other sport you play. Um, but I also know that for myself, that tipping point of pressure where it goes from being energizing and focusing and it goes kind of off the rails, it, when it's too much, I mean, I've actually given myself migraines, like actual migraines. The first year I went to the Invitational, um, I was great in the warm-up run. And then my first run of the day, I literally gave myself a migraine. Absolutely. And of course, if when I get migraines, I mean, it's, it's not super fun. I mean, it's super funny now, but it wasn't really then. But when I get my migraines, I start to lose um, vision. And so I was picture this, I was trying to do my whole agility run without full vision in the right side. (laughs) And of course, my dog Adela was something wrong. It was, use your imagination. It was absolutely as big of a disaster as you think it was. Um, But the point is, is we've got to know how to stop it before it gets to that point, right? Because that's not useful. And that probably also wasn't super safe, (laughs) maybe. Um, So Uh, that's what we've got to know. We've got to know like, okay, what's my sweet spot? And this is going to take you some time of really thinking about it and really observing yourself and really being aware so that you can kind of figure out where that sweet spot is for you. Okay. Okay. So we're going to move into what can we do about it and some intervention tactics, but I need to get a drink of water. So I will be right back. All right, just a quick break as I give a shameless plug to one of my favorite masterclasses, and that is the Q Resilience Masterclass. It is available on thequeucoach.com, and it is now available as a standalone, self-serve, do-it-whenever-you-feel-you-need-it course, and it was created because I felt like we all needed to build our skill around resilience, because we need resilience when it comes to coming out of a setback or returning from a disappointment or even resetting in between classes or days or trials or events or what have you. You know, not everything goes perfectly. Not everything goes according to plan. And sometimes we need a little help coming back from that. So a lot of people talk about, hey, how do I bounce back? And I don't really want you to bounce back. I want you to bounce forward. I want you to recover. I want you to reconnect, maybe redo your plan. Um, And I want you to have those skills. And so that's why I created the Q Resilience Masterclass. And like I said, it's now available self-serve. So check it out on theqcoach.com. And if you take it, let me know what you think. Thanks. And we're back. Okay, so what do you do when the pressure is too much? And again, whatever too much is for you. Um, Or just when the pressure, you didn't think it was too much, but you can tell it's negatively impacting your performance. All right, well, the first thing you have to remember, and it bears repeating, is that when you get to this point, your body is experiencing fear. 
all right? You might not be afraid per se, but your body is experiencing fear, which means your mind and your body aren't balanced and therefore you cannot perform mentally or physically at your best. In short, you need to get control of your response. That's like numero uno thing that you need to do in this moment. So three quick things to remember that you can do immediately. You can even do these things like at the gate, okay? Um, Breathing, okay? Can't say enough about breathing. There are actually several episodes that I've given you like breathing and visualization exercises in this podcast. So go back and bookmark them or save them or or what have you uh, for when you need them. But what breathing does is it literally physically tells your body that you're safe. And not breathing when you're not paying attention. I'm talking about like controlled breathing, where you might breathe in and count to four, hold your breath for like four, and then breathe out for four, right? That would be considered a triangle breath. So when you do that, when you take control of your breath, you take control of the things you can control, your body goes, oh, well, okay, so you can take control of your breathing. So something must not be trying to kill us at this moment, right? Um, I can slow down my breathing and it's starting to send signals to your body that you are safe. And that is one of the very first and easiest and very accessible things that you need to do. The second thing is move. Move around. Sometimes, you know, we release this extra energy or the pressure by just going for a walk or taking an extra lap around the building. Um, And, you know, I would encourage you to do that without your dogs because, you know, when we're feeling stress or pressure or whatever, we're sending that down the leash always, always, always. So we might need to just go do a lap without our dogs. Um, you could also move around and go get a drink of water or something, right? And just go do something, go check the raffle table, go, go get busy, go find something else to do basically. Um, and it's why, you know, it's why you see people sort of like obsess about things or get really weird all of a sudden about their water bucket or whatever. It's just an outlet. Okay. Your body, your mind will find an outlet for this pressure. It will because it's trying to figure out how to release the pressure, okay? So it's kind of interesting. So if you find yourself sort of obsessing about something you normally don't care about, you're, you're, you might have naturally found an outlet, okay? So breathing is one, moving around is two. The third thing is distract yourself. Sing, go do something, I don't know, clean out your car, um, you know, have somebody ask you questions, you know, what you're trying to do in this moment is you're trying to engage your frontal cortex. You're trying to tell your amygdala, your lizard brain that like, hey, 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 I need to think here. Send some blood flow back to the front of my brain, please. I need to think. And so whatever it is you're thinking about, whether you're, you know, reading something or even go read the premium, right? Go read something. Go go ask questions. Go talk to somebody. Go use the front of your brain, basically. Go do something where it uses the front of your brain because that will physically start to shift your blood flow. And I don't know about you, but I know I need to be full thinking when I walk into the ring, right? I don't want to be distracted. I want to be focused. And so we need to get that blood flowing back into the front of your brain. The final powerful intervention really is to set the right goals. As I said before, if you are feeling the effects of pressure, I'll say, then you are probably focusing on an outcome, okay? You're wanting an outcome. And I don't 
I'm not going to tell you not to want anything. I want you to want and get everything that you can imagine. But as long as you are focusing on the outcome or result, you're not reducing your pressure. You're actually fueling it. You're actually putting more pressure on yourself. So your focus needs to be on your process goals, which are the things that you are 100% in control of and you know that you can execute. So when you're standing at the gate and it's your turn to go in, say, for an obedience, you know, run, like what are, what are your areas of focus? You know, you're going to focus on getting good attention or you're going to focus on your footwork in the figure eight. If you're running agility, are you going to focus on getting the weave entrance or you're focused on connection or picking them up coming out of the tunnel? Those are process goals. Those are things that you have to nail in order to put yourself in a position of potentially queuing. If you don't nail those things, you're not queuing. So you might as well focus on those process goals, okay? When you refocus on process goals, you change the conversation in your brain and you put yourself back in control, right? And that's what I want for you. Um, And if you're not familiar about the difference between process and outcome goals, check out episode two because I kind of introduced that. It's pretty core to the things that I talk about a lot. So if you need a refresher or want just deeper, dive on that, go back to episode two and check that out. All right. Well, that is it for pressure. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of pressure on pressure. Um, But I hope it helps you. I hope it helps you to understand like how it's working and really making you aware of finding what your sweet spot is. Uh, Because you also may need to dial up your pressure or your energy at times, right? You can do that through music. You can do that through, you know, focusing and, and some different things. So, you know, it's not just always trying to turn pressure down. For some people, it's trying to turn pressure up and get yourself a little more, I'm going to use the, the term just amped, right? A little more. And it's not just about energy that like, you know, but focus and feel like it matters or that this is important. So if you're trying to increase your pressure, then I still don't switch to outcome goals. I still don't want you to do that. But I want you to really get focused on what it is that you want to accomplish in the ring. Because if you're not feeling any pressure, you also probably don't have any goals from that run. And you can always use some process goals, okay? So think of some process goals that you can really focus on and will help you through that run, okay? All right. As always, I hope this helps you and have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.